the bottom line in business. Voice America Business. Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of Leading Conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. And good morning, everyone. Welcome to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito. Today we have a very special guest with us, Bo Ekman. Bo is in Sweden this morning, and he is the founder and chairman of the Talberg Foundation. And we're going to talk a lot about what Talberg is and how it is affecting the world. Um, Bo has a wonderful background, gives him a lot of credibility in doing this work. He founded Talberg Foundation in 1981 as an international nonprofit and its purpose is to further the understanding of change patterns in the world. It's just a fascinating, wonderful group. And they hold a forum each year since 2005, and the theme of the forum is how on earth can we live together? Bo has advised the Secretary General Kofi Annan and the U.N. Executive Office, and um He's going to tell us more about his exciting times in the world. Bo, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Delighted to be on air together with you. Oh, wonderful. So how is it? So right now in Talberg in Sweden, it is um, about 7 p.m. in the evening, right? 1900, right. yeah? Right. Yeah. And um, it's, a, it's, it's a summertime. Mediterranean. It's a Mediterranean evening here today. It's ah, nice. Warm. And the sun will stay out until about 2 in the morning, right? (laughs) (laughs) Not really, but uh, (laughs) but enough. uh, We've set it before before midnight. Before midnight. uh, It's never dark, but it emerges again about 2 o'clock. It's just beautiful. You know, I was at Talberg Forum. I was fortunate enough to be uh, invited last year and unfortunately was unable to attend this year. But when I was there last year, it's such a beautiful setting, the village of Talberg. And the sun in the evening would begin to set, it seemed like to to me and to some of the other people there, that it would begin to set at about 10 p.m. And then it would keep setting and never really go away. <laughs> it was so beautiful. We loved it. It was, it was very unusual for us. So, um, so welcome to the show. So let's talk about Bo. You yourself. You have a background where you've worked with large corporations. You used to be part of the executive management board at Volvo, if I remember right, and you were the chairman and chief executive of the CIFO management group. CIFO, is it CIFO or CIFO? CIFO. CIFO. Yeah. And so tell, tell us a bit about that work and what you were doing then. Well, as, uh, at Volvo, I was uh, responsible for, for corporate development, uh, corporate development planning and um, the development of the the organization structure and also for some markets. 
And so you had the opportunity to work with a large organization that was multinational, and that organization was selling products that, you know, around the world and so had to very often deal with different cultures and now, of course, dealing with a lot of the uh, environmental issues. When you were working with them, was the environment um, even on their radar? Was that something that, that Volvo was concerned about? Yeah, uh, absolutely, and and and, and uh, also myself. I, I, I broke to the environmental questions in in the sixties. Oh. Through first through the writings of um, some Swedish authors, uh, but also of course from from Rachel Carson and Silent Spring, it made oh, a huge yeah. huge impact. And then you might remember it's, uh, the first UN conference on 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 the environment took place in Stockholm in 1972, right. and that made us at Volvo uh, to. Uh, to develop our first environmental policy, um, oh. beautiful brochure and films and, and whatnot. And I was also at the time deeply uh, um, into the energy questions that was was relevant to a transportation company. And I learned oh. from an American, Her- Herman Kahn, at the Hudson Institute, that we. We are we're heading for trouble in the uh, in the oil markets, and and his thesis was that uh, U.S. Uh, was bound to to be a net importer from from being be, having been a net exporter and becoming independent dependent on on foreign mm-hmm. foreign oil and not east Middle Eastern oil, and that that would push energy prices, and that made us do some serious scenario work on that issue in 1972-73. So that really took us ahead of the pack. And and when the oil crisis struck, we had had a pretty good analysis of of the situation. And that led uh, us actually already at that time into alternative fuels, into ethanol and methanol. So we started a, a joint operation with the Swedish government to develop alternative fuels in 1974, which actually survived into the early 80s, and then then, then other times took over. Took over. Mm-hmm. So yes, so we had... were there, but, but I wouldn't say that we were a success oh. in, in the environmental field. Um, in the mid '80s, when I still at Volvo, I got the res- overall responsibility for the environmental issues, and, and oh. um, I'll tell you, it was a hard time <laughs> to to get the attention of. Um, yeah. Well, and and there things were um, growing rapidly in most markets, and the idea of being a. Um, um, expanding businesses and, and people were pretty successful. Most economies are doing well. And so it was it was almost as if there was no reason for people to consider the environment, right? Well, 
people didn't see the reason. No, no, but but it comes back. Um, yeah, they didn't see because a way of organizing our knowledge in business, we call it the calculation. Uh, did did at that time and and still um, doesn't really take account of the cost of the environment. Mm-hmm. So we're taking the environment for for granted. Mm-hmm. As so a free for me, all. Tell me though, why as a young person did you develop an interest? In the environment. I mean, what was it that that attracted you to that area of study, that interest? Well, well, I I think the the context you're you're part of is 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 so important. To understand, mm-hmm. uh, and the context is social, is economic, and it's environmental. You're part of nature; mm-hmm. nature is part of you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I couldn't articulate this as I can today uh, uh, in those days, but but I've always right. driven for, strived for for a systems analysis. So I was, I brought myself up actually in in. And systems thinking, systems theory, oh. much inspired by by Gregory Bates and, and Margaret Mead and uh, Russell yeah. Aikoff, great Americans. So, so, so I've been sort of has been a compulsion with me, a compelling mm-hmm. assignment or also that you have to act in in connectivity with your your close and your wider um, environment, be it a distance, be it a country, be it a whatever. So and that's so been today, my approach. That's now a basic approach to, to stuff. To how you see the world and how you live in the world. Yeah. Yeah. To my doing. And so, so today you have, um, I mean, the Talberg Forum, in fact, just um, finished the most recent Talberg Forum at the end of June, beginning of July. Um, and the again, the theme, how on earth can we live together, there are about 500 people roughly who attend this every year who are big thinkers, you know, people who um, want to contribute in a different way to the world. What kind of outcome did you have this year? Well, I think the most important outcome was one of hope, mm. one of sense that I can influence the development as an individual, as part of the organization that I belong to. And and people left with a smile on their faces and and with hope in their eyes. Yeah, and, and the... the and the feedback has been uh, an overwhelming experience of uh, of commitment to to do stuff. Um, you know, the Telberg is is a is a different 
kind of process because we really try to integrate in the flow um, three major components of ourselves, which is reason, analysis, um, you may call it science or a rigorous uh, understanding of the problem they have to solve. Uh, but even more important is the understanding of um, of of the creativity of the human being, how how, how we can uh, become larger than we are through expressions of poetry, music, or or whatever rights and so mm-hmm. forth. And even more important is the understanding that we are part of nature and nature's uh, you know compelling process of producing new forms of life it's it's that's the ultimate where the ultimate creativity takes place the ultimate creativity and and, and i i say that uh, that in order to to listen uh, to open up to all your pores <laughs> your capacity to 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 understand and conceptualize. You can't just rely on analysis. You can't just rely on on social contexts or, or structures and or um, or or just listen to to uh, uh, yourself as part of nature. Right. Combine and combine all three. Yeah, you have to combine all three. That's not mystic mysticism about this. It's right. It's very straightforward, yes, yes. And we're going to talk more about this when we come back with Bo Edmund. From the stock market floor to your laptop, we are Voice America Business. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. More and more business people recognize the importance of spirituality in their work. How do busy professionals discover what rings true for them? Embracing the journey with Karen Humphrey Salad explores what it means to be spiritually fulfilled in business and how to integrate spiritual direction into a career. Expert guests, authors, and inspiring speakers join Karen every week to discuss such issues as honesty, compassion, generosity, ethics, and integrity in the workplace. Take a positive step forward to greater life balance. Tune into Embracing the journey with Karen Humphrey Salad, broadcasting every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. From the stock market floor to your laptop, we are Voice America Business. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. Now back to your host, Cheryl. We're back, and we're speaking with Bo Ekman this morning, founder and chairman of the Talberg Foundation. Um, Bo, we were speaking about the forum before we went to break, and you had talked about the um, importance of 
how you are part of your own context in the world. And you listed three pieces, reason, analysis, or science, a rigorous understanding of, of the context, and creativity of the human being. Those three things have to be at work in order for people to be successful in the world and living in the environment. Can you share with us, you know, how, how do people practice, how do people put this into practice? Well, um, the practice we exercise this year uh, at the Tabla Forum, we, um, the, as part of the opening of, of the forum there, uh, we, we asked every participant in the forum to participate in a nature walk. We divided them into four to five groups, ten each group, or, or ten, twelve. And we had trained, skillful nature guides. They just walked out of our forum tent right into nature, God's nature, or whatever you call it, and spent two hours, spent two hours uh, understanding the universe through looking at the patch of of land or meadow or wood or, or water, and also spend part of the time in solitarity, soli- solitarity, yeah. um, just uh, sensing and exercising your, your senses. And then we came back and gathered all of us um, and met with a hundred fiddlers from the local villages. Oh. And uh, at that uh, setting, also the Minister of Environment spoke, and, and the, uh, uh, the leading uh, um, environmental politician in Europe, um, um, of their experiences of this encounter with personal encounter with, uh, with nature. Mm-hmm. And and I can tell you that that opened up perceptions and and um, and made us um, probably become much more respectful of uh, um, the environment of, of which we are part and are dependent on. I think this is the first time in history that an international global gathering has started their deliberations with walking out into nature. <laughs> and I think I will I will recommend the Copenhagen negotiators when I meet them in Poznan later this this year to do exactly the same. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, and that makes sense, you know, because you know you are spending time um, talking about the environment, talking about nature, and when you think about that, that you are sitting inside, um, you know, in artificial light and um, not even touching the nature that you're trying to understand. Sometimes it's hard for people to get connected, and it so is. it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense that you. Yeah, we do found that. out. Sorry, we found out that many people 
that participate in yes, uh, this year's have never been alone out in nature ever. Wow! To them, this this was a you know a life experience, and we also offer people to spend nights in nature, mm-hmm. to outdoor, no tent, just under the stars, and and that has a transformative experience. That's so, but did, did but John again, this. Did John Milton work with you in some of that? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes. Wonderful man, John. Yeah, our alliance. And we had eight indigenous leaders from different parts of the world. Oh, and Oren, too, yes. But but again, this basically, Tannenberg is not an environmental organization it's it's a systems approach to to uh, how on earth can we live together we right. the humans and we the humans and and nature and and we see i see very clearly now that that we have a collision between the humans way of building systems for value creation that we call economics and business and nature's, the earth system's um, process of, of evolution. So there is a collision between uh, the drivers and technologies of value creation and nature's um, four billion year old systems of producing and supporting life. Mm. And that, that collision is a serious game. That's a lethal game to the human race. And we have to understand this collision in the context of economics, of business models, of politics, of social uh, social development. So, so all of this is into the, the Telberg discussion. But the leading, the leading problem today, the leading subsystem today is climate and the environmental mess that our way right. of producing value has created. Right, right. Well, now you have said, I've read that you have said, um, that poverty, you know, as you've been doing some of your work around globalization, that poverty is, is key in all of this. And that um, your your hope is that, um, let me see if I can read this, um, 50% of the world's population is active in the market economy, and in order to push back the poverty line, we should be at 80% by 2025. And I wonder about how that fits with changes we need to make with the climate and the environment. Is there a connection? Sure. We will not fix climate and the environmental mess if we don't fix poverty. This is at heart a developmental issue. We have to start at that end in order to fix fix this problem. And what would that look like? I think the 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 mainstream, the the, the really cutting edge of the debate right now is mm. between those who say 
um, um, it's over. It's over. We we can't fix this. There you have the Jim Lovelocks and and the and the, I would say Thomas Berry and 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 the likes. Hmm. Um, Jim Lovelock had an address to to the to the forum where it said it's just human hubris to believe that we could reverse the processes that we have now set forth in in the Earth systems. Um, between those who, who say this and the more much more conservative approach um, to the definition of the problem of uh, an IPCC, um, the the Tenberg crowd today uh, this year, I would say, said that um, the problem is damn serious, but there is a chance to fix it if we act now. So we have to act now. And to approach the act now, we uh, we are committed to develop what we call Plan C. Plan C stands for for it might stand for Copenhagen or it might stand for climate or or whatever. <laughs> but Plan A, and that is is the perceived uh, success of a Copenhagen Agreement, uh, 192 nation or whatever coming together and, and making the uh, an, an agreement. And that plan A can only happen if all the plan Bs, which are a, each and every nation's plan for itself. China has a plan for itself. Sweden has a plan for itself. Mm-hmm. And so does. And so, so that might U.S. have. We don't know yet. And, and plan A might happen or it might not happen or it might happen right. as, as a diluted uh, least common denominator of, of, of all nations. But we, what we are trying to do is now define what is the perfect, what does the perfect agreement look like? Hmm. What does the, to create, uh, in the words of, of Rasekov, an idealized design, a vision of hmm. of what the perfect agreement and its perfect implementation would look like, and the comp- we are now working on the on the development of the practical components of such an agreement, and we will start presenting that at Poznan later this year, and certainly um, uh, in a in a in a stream of initiatives over next year, and finally in 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 Copenhagen. We can do that because we are totally independent. We have no, um, we have no strings attached to any nation, to any economic or, or political or religious or whatever interest. So we can listen to uh, very, very many and, and use this um, position of um, of independence and, and integrity that we have built up over the years. That made us take an initiative to publish an ad in New York Times, uh, Herald Tribune yeah. and Financial Times on the 23rd of June, uh, propagating for, for actually reversing um, from 395 ppm as we are at now to 350, which is in itself is a Herculean job. Uh, I think we will arrive at, at conclusions like we have to to immediately um, uh, uh, walk out of um, 
coal-fired electricity generation. And I'm perfectly happy with Al Gore's initiative to formulate a vision for the U.S. to become um, uh, uh, totally dependent on renewables, renewables for, for electricity generation in 10 years. And those decisions have to be taken now. So that's one example. And another example is, is we need to... Hold that. Hold, hold your thoughts. Hold your thoughts. Because <laughs> my engineer is saying we have to take a break. So we'll come back and hear about example number two. We'll be right back. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Hey, Dad. What? I can't get the ketchup bottle open. Here, let me try. Here you go. Thanks. You don't have to be a hero to be a hero. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The economy and financial markets continue to expand in both their size and complexity. But being able to anticipate changes in the markets for housing, jobs, and financial assets remains a crucial ingredient to our financial well-being. On the economy and the markets, with economist, investment strategist, portfolio manager, and host, Doug Cliggett, utilizes his 25 years of experience with that of his highly informed guests to provide clear, reasoned explanations of current events. To navigate the markets that influence our lives every day of the week, tune into The Economy and the Market. With Doug Cliggett, broadcasting each Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. The economy and the markets. Clear thoughts in a complex world. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. Now back to your host, Cheryl. And we're back on Leading Conversations, um, speaking with Bo Ekman, who is the founder and chairman of the Talberg Foundation and um, committed to changing the world. I love this. So, Bo, before we went to uh, break, you were sharing with us some examples of, you know, how change can happen. You were just about ready to talk about the second one. Why don't you tell us that? Well, it's... it's all too obvious that we need a, a carbon tax that uh, punishes the the use of uh, fuels uh, that um, that emit uh, greenhouse gases and primarily CO2s. 
And that, uh, that tax can also be a means of financing what we discussed earlier, development, the eradication right. of poverty. And well, how does I, I that would, work together? To help, help us understand how that works together. Well, we have to transfer enormous. Hello. Yes. Hello. Enormous sounds, sums of money to uh, not least to um, to finance um, adaptation. Um, in countries like India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, uh, uh, the whole Sali region in, in, in Africa, to the border in, in, in North America and Central America. And also uh, the United States will have to do a lot of adaptation in the south, southwest uh, when it comes to, to water and, and uh, mm -hmm. irrigation. Yeah, a big, big, big job has to be done. To give you a concrete example, in Bangladesh, you have 50 million people living uh, just above uh, uh, the ocean water level. Only two weeks ago, 50,000 people had to be moved because suddenly there was a rise in, in the water level. Uh, right. Because of uh, not because of a typhoon or a cyclone, but because of changing pressures in the, in the air and flood and and changing currents and so forth. Mm -hmm. And we know that within 15 years you have to move 25 to 50 million people to new locations. Uh, they need really? infrastructure, schools, and so forth. Because yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because of changing climate, because of rising rivers and waters, and that, yeah, rising ocean levels, and the, the yeah, and and rising uh, water levels bring salination to uh, to the to the rivers and and to the groundwaters and to to farming land. Okay. Yeah. And in, in what time it's frame? ABC. The... We're talking about Bangladesh right now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. And so that that in itself um, is is there is the Indian um, is the government working on that, or yeah. is this a global problem? Is this something that the the you know we all <clears throat> have to take responsibility for making happen? Of course, we have. So that's there's no way that a poor country like Bangladesh. And for that part, also India can can cope with that that problem. Mm. Yeah. As we speak, India is building, as the U.S. is towards Mexico, fences against streams of refugees that they see are coming. Mm. And moreover, the this region will be hit within 30 years, severely hit by the drying up of the glaciers in, in Malaysia and, of course, in China also. In China, yeah. Yeah. That's a big and, issue. And, and in the Andes, it's a big issue. It's, it's, a, it's an enormous issue. 
speaking of China, um, obviously China's in the news a lot these days because of the Olympics, and there's so much conversation about the pollution which exists in China, and I have experienced that pollution, um, and that was you know many years ago, and so I know that it has worsened. Um, what do you? What is your perspective on um, the growth of the Chinese economy and its reach into the global markets and the um, level of pollution that is being created? It seems to be as each um, as their economics become stronger, the, the pollution gets worse. Is there a connection? Yes, there is. And there is a connection, um, and and you see it very, very uh, pointedly in in those countries in in China and and in India. Um, as the uh, the energy sources um, really uh, um, that that are easily available are. Um, is coal, mm-hmm. uh, and and the cleaning technologies on that, and also the energy efficiencies of those nations are are still very low. Yeah. Um, which means, on the other hand, there's there's a formidable um, um, opportunity for 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 efficiencies and improvements of, of the situation. I sense that the Chinese government and Chinese officials are very, very much aware of the situation and understand that this uh, this is a crisis situation. Um, the Again, water is the uh, short-term, the most dangerous uh, um, trigger of social unrest oh. and, and declining activity and, and uh, the pressure on the on the Chinese government for growth is is enormous and it's only growth that really yields social stability and and um, in a giant <laughs> Like uh, China, this is yeah. so. It seems like there would need to be um, global pressure on individual countries um, because I mean, countries are sovereign and they make their own rules. And um, even if they border other countries, you know, sometimes their rules are very different from each other. And I am wondering, you know, where is the global pressure going to come from? Um, uh, let's just use China as an example. Where is the global pressure going to come from to encourage or to, I don't know, force is the right word, to encourage China to really make significant changes? Um, China, United States, Germany, Russia, Sweden, and many others. But I think you're hitting the nail. 
sovereignty is a major problem. Uh, our our international order is based on the concept of sovereignty, a concept that was formulated in the yeah, really through the peace of Westphalia in 1648. Mm. Uh, the Bretton Woods agreements and the formulation of, of the charters of uh, World Bank and UN and, and, and GATT, which became WTO and, and um, International Monetary Fund and so forth, mm-hmm. uh, stopped short of addressing global governance. UN and UN, UN Security Council is based on, on the concept of national sovereignty. And you have the veto power and so forth there. And this hinders uh, systems solutions to systems problems. Um, the, the environment is not a territorially organized uh, system. It is, as, as we say, it is, it, it is a system, right. inter, interactive, interdependent system of oceans and land masses and, and atmospheres and biospheres and so forth. Huh. And then the, the winds of history has, has chopped up um, uh, nature into political territories. Mm-hmm. This we have to overcome. The only way I see now to, for this to happen is bottom-up. It is the movements like 350.org. It's uh, what Paul Hawking calls the blessed unrest. Mm. It's, uh, it has to come from civil society. It has to come from through the vehicles of open space and internet. It has to come to conversations like the one we are, we're having now. And it has to come from places that, that are fear in the independence of any political, or territorial, or economic uh, uh, agenda. Well, I want to talk more about just exactly what we can do about that as individuals when we come right back after this break. Bottom line in business. Voice America Business. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Why is Pepsi cooler than Coke? Why are iPods so popular? In 2005, how can you launch a successful brand? Want to know? Learn about the fascinating and intriguing world of graphic design and branding on Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time, Debbie Millman will provide you with a provocative look into the stimulating world of design as it intersects with contemporary culture. Hear what the experts have to say about creating, maintaining, and launching a brand in today's challenging marketplace. Join us every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time for Design Matters with Debbie Millman, right here on the Bottom Line in Business Talk, Voice America Business. 
the bottom line in business. Voice America Business. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. Now back to your host, Cheryl. And we're back speaking with Bo Eckman this morning. Um, Bo, this is our last segment. I really want to get to um, what can individuals, what can I do, what can the people listening do um, in our daily lives to really begin to support this bottom-up change, you know, this, this change for coming from civil society? What can we actually do? Well, uh, we can do so much. Um, in the village where I live, Sandberg, um, uh, people have come together and, and organized a a staff circle on how to become the most energy efficient village on Earth, planet Earth, <laughs> and 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 neighbors and farmers and whatever uh, has uh, started to learn about the situation, do some serious reading, serious connecting, and getting their situation into context. Here at Talberg, people understand that local equals global and global equals uh, local. And and if you stay local, you stay parochial. You, you, you're, you're shutting the context out of, of your being. So, so that's, mm-hmm. this is what they are doing here. And they are moving into solar. They are into to taking out their energy from, from, from the earth and from... From, from rocks and, and so forth. And they are shifting over to hybrid cars and, and so forth. And and more even more important is that that the the educational um, uh, curriculum of the school, of the village school has changed and and uh, and the the understanding of nature as as uh, our habitat is uh, is with the students from from first grade and and up. And right. as this school is very close to nature, they they also uh, uh, they also do a lot of of ex- exercises outdoors. Mm. And um, one of the initiatives that I would know will be taken from this Talberg is is by a woman who who wants to to start educate kids in and from from the age of, of three, especially kids in, in city environments of how they are a, a part of nature. Hmm. Um, she said we have to um, widen the context of the Mullah schools <laughs> and right. the Bible study schools and and, and 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 I think she was very much encouraged by our indigenous leaders to that. Mm. And, you know, imagine that every business school in the world, every engineering school in the world started off with with a primary ecology, mm-hmm. how the na- system of nature works. Huh? That, would, that would be something that would change the world. That would change the world. Yeah. Yeah. 
You know, I, that's a really good point because, you know, all these organizations, all these corporations are becoming, quote-unquote, green. They have all these green initiatives, and yet many of those people have never stepped into um, the mountains or spent time alone in nature or really even understand the concept of ecosystems. No, I know this. Uh, I know this. Uh, this this culture, and and to many of my fellow executives, nature was something you skied on, or sailed on, and or golfed. <laughs> <laughs> to be a bit facetious, but things are changing, uh-huh. and 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 um, we shouldn't be. We should be hopeful. Pressures are coming up, not least from the young people. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. There are different conversations at the... Let me tell you a story okay. from last year's uh, Calvary. There, there was a senior vice president from, from Morgan Stanley uh, in the auditorium, and he listened to to uh, Jim Hansen and and John Schnellenhuber and, and the others, mm-hmm. scientists from all around the world, and, and Jim Hansen was calling for an immediate moratorium on the building of new power plants. So he went home and said, no, he's probably right. So if we give loans to new coal-fired power plants, we'll take an increased risk. So, so he initiated a discussion with... Uh, um, uh, with Citigroup and with um, uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, and out, the outcome of those discussions was what is uh, signed on, on February second. The carbon principles. It's not a cartel. It's it's, it's a new uh, industry ethic that that says we we will not give loans to to coal-fired power plant power plants that. Do not have CCS carbon capture and storage technology. Wow. Well, that's that changed a lot of things, and that and that has become a sort of a, a benchmark also in, in the international field. And uh, yeah, that's that's big, and that be, that's that big. started that's very big. That started that started from a conversation in of general, understanding. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a butterfly effect. <laughs> the butterfly effect. So tell people what that is. Well, but the butterfly effect. So the typhoon in the Pacific starts with a butterfly swirling the air in Mexico, and that transplants mm-hmm. new var. Vibrations and even more vibrations and even more breaths. <laughs> and suddenly it becomes a fierce cyclone over the Philippines. That's a butterfly effect. So we all have to become butterflies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To make a difference. Beautiful, right? beautiful butterflies. <laughs> beautiful so we'll butterflies. Yeah, we'll live forever. I like it. I like it a lot. Well, but we are... Um, so grateful to have you here today, and I know that this conversation is going to inspire people to want to know more about your work and about the Talberg Foundation. So how can people learn more about that? Well, we have a website, 
TalbaryFoundation.org, which has a lot of fascinating videos on on it, and mm-hmm. and and uh, some of our history and 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 so forth. I don't think it's much, but I think it's it's pretty substantive. And um, Talberg is P A L L B E R G, right? Yeah. Yeah. Talbergfoundation.org. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And so what is your um, next project? What are you working on now? Well, <clears throat> several things. I would like to do two things right now. Uh, but soon I'm going to your country, to Santa oh. Fe, to a fascinating workshop, and I'm going to meet with a number of people in your city and preparing for a workshop in Washington in October oh. on how we can learn together on, on getting a much more effective Copenhagen agreement. But what I would like to do, and this is the first time I, I speak publicly about this, is I would like to set up a situation room, an earth situation room um, at um, at the uh, Museum of Natural History in Stockholm, which is very progressive uh-huh. stuff, uh, and it's in, in the middle of the university compound, that yeah. follows this non, uh, that follows uh, the, uh, in real time, what's happening on our planet and to our planet, and 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 into, and 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 is sort of a uh, hub for all. Um, for all the serious ongoing studies and research and so forth, where you can find about everything that is is reasonably serious, and, and that also become become a hub for for learning, totally open source, totally open, owned by no one but all of us. How fantastic. Although we are out of time, and so I suppose that we have you back again to tell us how you're doing on that fantastic idea. I can't wait to hear more about it. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. We are privileged to have you here, and remember, everybody, to think big because the world could be a better place because of a conversation that matters. This is Cheryl Esposito. Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G dot com. See you next week.